0: No, no, no. Sounds like I'm talking to my kids, man, <laughs> or, my, or my dog. Um, you know, growing up, right, we've all had the experience of being told no, right, by our parents, uh, our teachers, our coaches, basically anybody, right, uh, that was an authority figure in our lives. And then as we've gotten older, as Jr. mentioned we still hear that from time to time. Right? We're still told no. From our bosses, from our coworkers, sometimes even from our family and friends. And although we've heard it many times, I think just hearing the word sometimes is it's jarring. I think it could still feel harsh or insensitive. You know, we recoil. I know I do. I recoil when I hear the word no, no, if I'm not expecting it. Of course, it has a lot to do with how it's said. Some people are really good at saying no. You, you You notice that? It's really an art, being able to say no. There are tons of books and articles. If you just Googled it, you'd find lots of resources that tell you how to say no how to say it politely, how to say it creatively, you know, how to hold your boundaries. And I think my wife has read all of them, right? because she's a social worker, okay? But in the end, no right? no means no. People say that sorry might be the hardest word to say to another person, but I think no is probably the hardest word to hear. And what about when God says no? What about our creator, our backstop? What about when he says no? When he doesn't give us what we ask for? What are we to do then? You know, for the past month, we've been looking at the God of miracles a God that heals, a God that delivers, a God that restores, a God that says, yes, I can and will do the miraculous, and I will work outside the natural order of things to love and to bless as I see fit. What an awesome God we have. But today we're gonna look at a passage and a topic where there is no miracle to speak of. There's no deliverance forthcoming. There's no healing on the horizon. And if we're honest, I think that's where we live much of our lives. In a place of struggle, a place of hardship, even pain. When some of our most impassioned prayers seem to go unfulfilled, or even worse, seem unheard. Right, and the question is, how do we take that? Do we still come on Sundays and worship him? Is he still awesome? Is he still the God of miracles? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter twelve, and the passage will be on the screen. It's a short passage, Second Corinthians twelve, verses seven through ten. God's word says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, come before you this morning thanking you, Lord, for a place to to come and to worship and to see friends and to see brothers and sisters in Christ. We just reserve this time now, Lord, for you, for this time to look into your word. We pray that you would open up, Lord, the scripture to us. Help us to get inside and to understand, Father, what you have for us. I pray that you would minister to us wherever we're at this morning. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, our passage this morning begins with the word, therefore. And that's not that's not really a great place to start because it begs the question, right, what came before this? What's Paul talking about? Well, in verses one through six, the Apostle Paul describes an incredible experience he has when he is caught up into the heavens. If you just glance at some of those verses in your Bible, he's caught up in the heavens, in paradise in the dwelling place of God. And he's able to witness some of the things of God. This amazing vision, this revelation was given to Paul to confirm his call as an apostle. But what it did is it also stoked him kind of with a sense of pride. right? It was it's kind of like, right? how awesome am I Right, that God would show me these things. That I would be invited into God's inner circle. Right, so basically, God revealed amazing things to Paul. And he's having trouble remaining humble. So that's where we dive in. And in verse 7, he says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh a thorn in my flesh. We aren't told what this figurative thorn in the flesh is. Right? It's figurative. He doesn't actually have a piece of wood or stick stuck in him. And he walks around that way. But whatever it is, he says it was used by Satan to torment him. Some say the thorn was a, a physical ailment, something related maybe to his eyesight. Some say that it was perhaps a chronic condition that Paul had. Some believe that Paul suffered from depression and extreme discouragement. Or that the thorn was a conflict with another person that weighed heavily on him. You know, and the last theory that I'll mention is that some feel that maybe it was a temptation a temptation to a particular sin that he couldn't seem to overcome, and it plagued him. We don't know exactly what it was, but it was serious. It was a source of constant pain and anguish in his life. And to his credit, Paul did what he should do. He prayed, and he asked for God to take it away. And you may be thinking of, well, of course he did. Right? This is the Apostle Paul, one of the great heroes of the faith. But notice, right, in the passage, this doesn't mean he gets what he asks for. He not only prayed, it says he pleaded. Verse 8 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. I think the fact that we, we don't know exactly what the thorn was. It enables us to get into the passage. It enables us to relate to Paul. So I ask the question: Have you ever felt like you live with a thorn in your flesh, a constant sense of pain, suffering, maybe anxiety? Right? It just—it doesn't go away. It could be physical. It could be mental or emotional. But it weighs on you, and it burdens you. And I don't think Paul's words here are that inappropriate. It torments you. You know, some of you might be hearing this right now, you're watching this service, or you're, you're here listening, and you know exactly what I mean. Right, you know the pain and the anguish, and maybe like Paul, you've prayed in faith. You've lifted it to God. You've had others pray for you. And you've asked and you've pleaded with God to take it away. And for whatever reason, for reasons we may never know, the thorn remains. You know, Shizuka and Paul's story, right? The story of God's physical healing, his miraculous healing of Shizuka and the, the work he's done in their lives has been such a wonderful testimony. And a source of emotional and spiritual encouragement for us as a church. And it has has stirred people's hearts. I know people have talked to me about it. And it's renewed their faith in prayer, including my own. But may I share a story with you of another couple who had their own situation. Earlier this week, I asked my longtime friend, Carl, if I could share this. Carl and I were uh, good friends. We grew up at at Wintersburg Church in Orange County together. Uh, We've been good friends. We met in middle school, or since we were middle school age. We went to camp, played sports, did all sorts of things together. Our friendship even survived the college years. When I went to USC... And he went to UCLA, crazy Bruins, right. Right. We, were, we were in each other's weddings, right. Carl got married to his beautiful wife Kathy in 2012 on the north shore of Oahu, it was, it was amazing, it was beautiful. And they had been married for eight years when last fall Kathy began having respiratory problems. Kathy was in and out of the hospital in October, November, several times. Then in December, she was diagnosed with lung disease and placed on oxygen. Right? This was all during the time of COVID was high. Carl was hardly able to visit her in the hospital at times. There were times when she seemed to be getting better. Her breathing would be stronger. Our oxygen levels, I think, would, would, would be up. But things would, would turn around quickly. Right? Kathy was an outgoing, vibrant person. She was a people person. She was a faithful believer who touched, who touched others in her life and in her career as a physical therapist. So by January, there were hundreds if not thousands, of family, friends, co-workers, pastors, church members, people that worked in the hospital who would see her when she came in, all of them praying, praying for her healing and recovery. There were prayer chains, prayer meetings, there were prayer walks at the hospital, at Cedar Sinai Hospital, And we prayed. We prayed for both Kathy and we prayed for Carl. You know, when I think about Carl as a husband going through all of this, I can hardly fathom the pain. You know, it's probably not much different than what Paul and Shizuka went through during dark times. Right, he told me, Carl told me, his prayers were of the weeping, face down to the ground. And he pleaded with God, right, to spare Kathy's life. Well sadly, after after battling for months and eventually being diagnosed with cancer in her lungs, Kathy passed away in February. Now, I'm gonna go back to their story, but I know there's some of you that have similar stories, stories of family members and friends or your own experiences of difficult, heartbreaking circumstances where God said no. And as I struggled to prepare this message, I thought, what's the question that always comes after being told no? Why, right? Yeah, I hear it. It's why. Right? Why, God? Why couldn't you change? Why couldn't you do this? And I can't answer that, and I don't think we're going to be able to answer that in this message, but I think this passage gives us insight into how God would respond. Verses 8 and 9 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So Paul pleads with the Lord to remove this thorn, this, this burden, right, this pain. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Right? God, God must have read one of those books on how to say no without actually saying it. <laughs> right? But actually, there's more to it than just no. The Greek word for grace here that's used is Hades. Hades. It's spelled C it's spelled C-H-A-R-I-S, but it's pronounced Hades. And we understand grace as God's unmerited favor, right? God's favor in our lives, right? But hottest is so much more than that. Hottest includes his mercy, his love, his help, his guidance, and his strength. Jesus is saying these are the things that will get you through the pain and the anguish. My hottest is sufficient for you when you rely on me. And I will strengthen you when you are weak, when you are down. Now that's, that's still a hard process. Right? Duh, that's... Right? It's still a painful process. But I don't think Paul would have understood the depth of God's grace the way he did if he hadn't endured this thorn in the flesh, and if he hadn't given it to the Lord in prayer. See, when it comes to prayer, some people will say, oh, that's, that's a cop-out. Right? Maybe that's your thought too. God simply didn't come through. Right? Prayer failed. It was a waste of time and effort. But that's such a misnomer. It's such a misunderstanding of what prayer is. Yes, God said no to healing Paul or to saving Kathy or relieving Carl of his pain. But, beloved, prayer is not a transactional event. Right? It's not an exchange where we agree to praise God, give our offerings, come to church, because he says yes to our prayer requests. Right, that's not how it works. No, God is much more deserving than that. Jesus himself received the no in the Garden of Gethsemane, didn't he? When he said, Father, take this cup from me, but not by my will, yours be done. Of all people, right, our Lord and Savior, he understands what you're going through. Prayer is the essence of our relationship with God. It's communion with him. And it's one of the main ways that God extends his grace and his mercy to us in order to shape our hearts and our souls. And sometimes this means yes to our prayers, and sometimes it means no. But it always means grace. Thayer's Greek lexicon says, and this is a study resource, but it says, Hades, grace, refers to the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ. and keeps and strengthens and increases them in Christian faith. See, pride and self-sufficiency, it's the enemy of prayer. There was a time in my life when I felt like prayer and supplication and asking God for help was a sign of weakness. And it is a sign of weakness, but I thought it was a bad thing. I thought I was better than others if I could live the Christian life and I didn't have to ask God for very much. Right? It's like not bothering the boss. Right? I don't bother the boss. I just show I can do it on my own. Right? And I've learned how wrong that is. That God's grace and God's power come through humility and dependence. Amen. And relinquishing control to him. Though Paul did not receive the answer he was looking for, he received God's amazing grace. And in verse 10 he says, That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, after Kathy went home to be with the Lord... I was really worried for my brother Carl, right? I thought of how easy it would be for him to close up, to wall himself off, to blame God, and to become bitter and depressed, right? And that would be, that would be kind of understandable, for that's the, may, the way many of us deal with tragedy, And right, as you can imagine, it continues to be a long, hard road ahead for him. It's dark. It's messy. It requires wrestling with God at times. But I am so happy. I am so happy to see how close my friend has grown to the Lord. Amen. How he's, how he's got godly people around him. And he's leaning into them. How he's pursuing God's purposes in his life. And how how his soul has been kept and strengthened in the faith. And I know it's God's hottest, it's his grace that sustains him. And it's God's power being made perfect in his weakness. Does this make sense? Right? And as much as, in the same way, I should say, as Paul and Shizuka have been an encouragement to me and to us, right? Carl is an encouragement to me, spiritually and emotionally. And this is not to mention, we could talk more about this, not to mention that some of the non-Christians that saw Kathy and Carl's faith as they struggled through those dark times and witnessed the praying community around them. These people have been led to ask questions and to seek the Lord. You know, was all of this God's purpose in saying no to healing Kathy? Could he have accomplished it in any other way? I don't know. And while not knowing is hard, I find great comfort in Isaiah 55:9 that says as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my, my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts See I don't know about you but I wouldn't want a god that just thinks like me or that he operates at our level that's not the kind of god that I want to worship A devotional I read a while back about pain and suffering asked the question, do you want a God that you can explain or a God that you can extol? Thorns, pain, hardship, suffering are facts of life. It's clear throughout Scripture, God doesn't make them all go away. The Apostle Paul knew this. Not only did he suffer from a thorn in his flesh, but if you know his history, you also know he was a victim of persecution, of beatings, of imprisonment, of shipwreck. His life was filled with prayers that ended in no. And you may feel much the same way. God says, My grace, my hottest, is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. I've shared this prayer before, but I think it captures the wisdom of God in answering some of our prayers. And this is a prayer from an unknown Confederate soldier. <laughs> I asked for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I among all men, most richly blessed. See, our God is a God of miracles. He knows when to say yes, and he knows when to say no. And one of his greatest miracles is being able to take the tragic and the painful situations in our lives and turn them into something good. Right? Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And sometimes we can only see this in retrospect. We can only see it right after it's passed and we look back. You know like the Confederate soldier who received nothing that he asked for, but everything that he hoped for. Beloved, God is at work. He is at work. And you and I may never know the reasons why he says no to some of our prayer requests, but we can trust in his wisdom and we can rest in his goodness. Right? And we can follow him right, in his sovereign grace. Amen. I'd like to call the uh, worship team forward and the, the prayer counselors forward as well. And, you know, we all need prayer at times. And we have different seasons of life. And various things happen to us. And um, prayer is crucial. We want to come to God in prayer. And so um, our prayer councils are here as we, the worship team leads us in the closing song. Please feel free to come forward. Receive prayer. Uh, receive the support and the love uh, of the body of Christ. Um, Amen.